like it or just play it. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Can't wait! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee and Sports in the Morning. I'm one of your hosts and panelists, Mr. William D. Morgan. I don't know who I'm with this morning. You got me, Will. I got some technical difficulties. The camera's down, but hey, at Sports Empire Network, we keep the ball rolling. Let, let's get it. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man. I cannot complain. I cannot complain. All right, we only got a short time frame, so let's go ahead and get this party started. First thing I want to get into, um, MLB wildcard games have started, um, and we got the and it continues today. Same two teams as yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts about the MLB wildcard situation? Uh, look, postseason baseball is amazing. I'm a casual fan, but you get me into postseason baseball, Will, I'm invested. I watched the Rangers last night. Or, or earlier in the day, um, take out the Rays. And the, Ra- and, and the Rays kind of took themselves out with so many errors. It seemed like they had a case of the nerves. They had more errors in that game than any game they've had all season. And and then you had the pitching by the Rangers that was outstanding. They pretty much dominated the game. So it's, it's one of those things where if you watched it and you're a Devil Rays fan, how are you not how are you not unnerved? And almost heartbroken because just like that, um, they took away they took away your home field advantage just like that. Okay. And in a three game series, they're they're in a do or die game. Like this is a must win, or they go or they're already home, but they'll be home home. So yeah, I I love postseason baseball. I didn't catch a lot of the night games, but I'll be I'll make up for it tonight for sure. All right, all right. And as he comes in, let me bring my man Brett. Brett, how you doing, man? Doing great. How you guys doing today? Good to have oh, you. Oh well, here. Brett. You got any thoughts about MLB baseball, my friend? Oh, I'm just waiting for the Brewers to disappoint me again. It just seems every time we hit postseason baseball, the bats fail, the pitching falls apart, and I hope it doesn't happen again this year, but it's just a yearly tradition with them every time they make it. All right. Any surprises on the teams who's here? Any surprises? Do we have any surprises out there you guys think might succeed, might be a dark horse to continue on when when they're not the odds-on favorite? Uh, I'm not expecting a lot of surprises. I mean, when you look at what Atlanta can do and what the arsenal that they have along with their pitching, look, anything's possible in sports. We can all agree on that. In a tough matchup, should the Phillies get by in, in their first matchup, would be the Phillies versus Atlanta because they've given Atlanta troubles in the past. Just last season, they took them out when Atlanta was one of the better teams in the league. So if I'm looking for an upset, I I would say if Philly and Atlanta meet, because I think the Phillies, they just match up really well with Atlanta. Brent, any thoughts? I don't really see any uh, too many upsets happening, honestly, so I don't really have a comment on that one. Yeah, I don't see any either. And and you might be right about the Phillies being a good matchup for Atlanta. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the world of the NBA. Uh, James Harden is expected to practice today. Um, I got so many 
issues with this man. Um, Brett, I'm going to start with you. Um, are you expecting James to stay with the 76ers or to be traded? I think he'll be traded. Do you want to know why? Because we saw this song and dance before. Let's look back mm-hmm. at Houston when he wanted to be traded. He even showed up to games, but you saw him when he showed up to games in Houston before he wanted to be traded. Mm-hmm. Catch it, do like the laziest ISO, maybe throw up a shot, but he was just overly passive and just didn't seem interested as all at all. If James Harden continues on to the regular season, he'll probably play for the 76ers. But I think that it'll just be the most like disinterested, the worst effort that you've just ever seen from him to a point where you'll be like, all right, it's just better at this point if we have him off the team, it doesn't matter what we get back. Then with him actually there, it'll just end up being addition by subtraction. So I do think this does drag on even longer, even into the regular season, but I think they're I think he's gone, and I think you you just have to trade him at this point. Mel, what are your thoughts? I'm troubled. This is like the weirdest relationship. That man was walking around. He had people walking around with signs that said Daryl Morey's a liar. <laughs> like, like that's that's beyond insane and extreme. And there's nothing about this situation that's good. And what I don't understand is everybody in Philly, from from the fan base to probably some of his teammates, are mm-hmm. ready for him to go. And the only person who wants to hang on to James Harden for whatever reason is Daryl Morey, which I don't understand because clearly Daryl Morey doesn't want him. Like this is, or James Harden doesn't want Daryl Morey. This is like one of the worst breakups ever. And it's a long breakup. Like we knew that the Clippers were interested in pursuing James Harden. We knew that the Sixers would like to get back those role players who could help them win with the Norman Powell, a a Tyrese, I think, um, Terrence Man, the, the Morris brothers, they had the depth. You could throw in a Batum. You can you can either bring back a Covington, who's a, a great wing defender, three and D guy. They have the players. They're not bringing back star power, but I would think they would give the Sixers depth. If you believe that Tyrese Maxey is going to elevate, then you you have your two stars, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. Your third guy offensively can still be Tobias Harris. You bring in those other guys from the Clippers. And I think you're better by default because you're getting rid of James James Harden. His style of basketball is very difficult to win with because he just dribbles the air out of the ball and makes a decision. And and it's hit or miss. What it's never done, it's never won a title. And and I really think this – I don't know why this needs to drag on. Make the trade and benefit both sides. I would agree. I would definitely agree. Um, but let me ask you guys this. <clears throat> Even if you kept him, they're still not better than the Bucks. They're still not better than the Celtics. Um, so even if you keep him, hey, Jerry, how you doing? Good morning, y'all. Good morning. So Even if you keep him, it do- you're still behind the eight ball because your talent and your depth doesn't match either one of those teams. That's a good point. And look, if you keep him, even if you make the move with the Clippers, you're still at best the third team in the East. And I don't even think that's a lock right now, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure the Sixers are better than the Knicks. I'm not sure the Sixers are better than the Cavs. So right now, I would say when you look at the Sixers, the disarray that they're in, I think they're in the same disarray that Miami's in right now because they let go two shooters, assuming 
they were going to get Damian Lillard. Those shooters aren't coming back, and Dame's not coming either. So I think both the Sixers and Miami, they're in trouble. Jerry, what's your opinion on the James Harden situation? How do you think? How do you think this is being handled? How do you think this is being managed? It's being mismanaged. Yep. If you ask me, I'm like, if he wants to, if he wants to go, do everything in your power to send him elsewhere. I don't care if it's a contender or not, because the way James Harden plays is not conducive to winning championship basketball. Agreed. Agreed. So. And if Philly really wants to go contend for a championship, you got to get that man out your locker room. Because he did all this, Daryl Morey is a liar and da-da-da-da-da and all this foolishness just to turn around and come back for training camp. Yeah, get him out of there. Because that's eventually is going to affect the season. Because eventually he's really not going to want to be there. We know what James Harden is known for putting on a rabbit, uh, one of those magic caps, pulling something out of his hat to get it to get him out of there. <laughs> well, if he Jordan tried, makes the best point. <laughs> if he tried so hard, if he tried as hard to get out of places to win a championship, he'd have a he'd have a ring. The three or four. Three or four. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Got, it's being guys, mismanaged. The, the guy mm-hmm. is going around at strip clubs, which is one of his favorite places. Yeah, and having is. the people around that establishment walk around with signs saying Daryl Morey's a liar, like, like it, it, you, he's almost begging to be traded, or, or you could say he's demanding to be traded. We can all agree, Philly's ready to move on from him for sure. The fan base is ready to move on from this guy. Mm-hmm. They're done. They're done with him. And Daryl Morey, like I said, this is a terrible. It's a weird breakup. I don't want you. Daryl Morey's like, I, I don't want you either, but, but I can't let you go. And I, I think Jory made a great point. Why send him to the Clippers? I, you send him wherever you can get the best package back. It might be the Clippers, but it don't have to be a playoff team. She's right. Send him to a send him to a bottom dweller. He, he's not trying to win anyway. Maybe he'll be happy there where he can just put up numbers and, and, and meaningless games that don't really count. I, I'm just saying, to me, the bigger picture, this all impacts one person more than anybody else. It impacts Joel Embiid. Heck he's yeah. 29 years old. Just coming off an MVP, he's not getting any younger. And you can tell, look, his body type, the way he gets injured, he's not going to have a long prime. So if I'm Joel Embiid, I'm looking around, and I'm seeing everyone get better around me other than my franchise. How How is he content with that situation? How does he not ask for a trade? Thank you, it's Linda. Coming. Good to see you, too. It's coming. That trade. He, it's how does coming. he not demand a trade? It's coming. It's definitely coming. I think the issue right now is I think Daryl Morey is just still overvaluing James Harden to a point where just nobody wants him. The issue, like, he's 34 years old. His play style doesn't necessarily, it doesn't lead to championship basketball. And the only time he got close was when he was up 3-2 to two on the Warriors. But who was also there? Chris Paul to bring structure to the offense. That's what Chris oh. Paul did. And him and Paul butted heads because Harden wanted to do his own thing, and Paul wanted to run more set plays and run an offense. So, I think the longer this drags out, the more it hurts because now you got to bring in new players without the benefit of a training camp to work them into the offense. Now you're just trying to learn on the fly, and everything just just more disjointed. It just takes longer to figure out. And who do you anger? Like you just said, Joel Embiid. 
you're going to lose Joel Embiid over this, and that doesn't seem like a great trade-off for a 34-year-old past his prime, at this point, star-level player. Just trade him, find the best package, and move on, please. I agree. Let's go ahead and get this saga, this drama over with. You're not going to win with them. You'll be, you'll be better off that without that in your locker room? Yeah, like, who- we need to go ahead and get him out of there. For quick, real. Quick, quick, quick um, question, Will. Key brought up a great point in the chat. If if things are in disarray, if if you can honestly look at this roster and go, they're not winning a title this year. They're probably not built to win a title next year. When do you pull the plug on Joel Embiid and get the most value for him? Do you understand? You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. you can get a haul for him. Maybe it's time yeah. to reload. You can get a ton for a player of that talent, of that skill set. Because you're you're obviously at some point going to have to realize, again, 29, but his body's probably more like 32. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win a title. When do you say we've got to cut bait? You know what I'm saying? Why his value is at its, it's peak? Somewhat high, right? And and I'm just wondering because obviously there's takers. I'm sure the Knicks would be out there. I'm sure the Heat would pursue him. There'd be a couple teams in the West. But what, what kind of package? You'd probably get back picks, maybe some young assets to go with Tyrese Maxey because right now mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey could be your building block for the next iteration of your team when you do your next roster construction. I, I'm just wondering how long do they hang on to Embiid? A year, maybe two? I, I maybe don't think two. you – I was saying I think two years. years is the max. Yeah. I, I don't think you hold on to him past his age 31 season. If you haven't built the winner around him by then – You've had your chance. Trade him while he still has a lot of value, while you can maybe get a close to a Kevin Durant or Rudy Gobert trade package back for him. Don't wait too long and so you have to repeat this saga over again. We can and you can honestly say that the process failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That truly failed. And it start with Ben Simmons, then now you got James Harden. You've had two mild contempts up in there. And Ben Simmons is just another show for another day That's another on his own. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the process has truly failed. And we'll, we'll have to see how Philly can rebound from this. All right, I do want to go over to the NFL real quick. A couple of stories we have here in the NFL. Um, and this one I got to call BS. Um, Von Miller calls Josh Allen the MVP. All right, bro, bro, what you drinking? His Kool Aid, because I want some. And it, MV, MVP, really, really, that man throws more interceptions in the end zone under double coverage than I have ever seen in my entire life, particularly in crunch time. That oh, oh, Brett, help me out, man. I, I can't I... deal with this. I mean, I think how we should take it is he's a Josh Allen's teammate, so of course he's going to say some ringing endorsement, but we all know this isn't true. Josh Allen is still too poor of a decision maker to be labeled an MVP. Does he have some – he's had a nice little run here. He's had a couple of great games, but no, I'm not not naming him the MVP. Like you said, he just makes too many bad choices. He throws into double coverage when half the time on those plays there's something open underneath. Mm -hmm. He wants to make the big play. He wants to be the hero. And the cost of that is he just throws a lot of bad picks that'll probably knock him out of the MVP conversation in a lot of people's eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's Jordan, way, too, reckless. He's way too reckless. 
even though the past three weeks he's been pretty good. But with Josh Allen, you already know that there's good Josh Allen and then there's bad Josh Allen. Yep. And when the good Josh Allen and the bad Josh Allen did it to two completely different people, I, I mean, there's MVP potential, but he's too inconsistent to be an MVP in my eyes, especially when it comes down to throwing them arm punts down the field that may or may not hit the target. <laughs> I never heard that. Before. Oh man, um, I, I'm keeping that line, Jerry. Yeah, we got to keep that line. one. <laughs> my yeah, my point kind of reminds me of what the Rams did with Cooper Cup that Super Bowl year where all Stafford did was just look for Cooper Cup. Um, this rem- sort of kind of reminds me of that because you look you look at Stefan Diggs, he's the only really pass catcher getting any run. You look at Gabe Davis, he's not doing too much. You drafted a rookie tight end, he's not doing too much. James Cook is balling. I'll give James Cook his mm-hmm. props. But, Mo, when you look at it, it's like he's looking at Stephon Diggs and nobody else. Well, one, if you have Stephon Diggs as your number one receiver, he's going to get the lion's share of the targets. That's a given. Um, but to be fair to Josh Allen, outside of week one when he was the worst player on the planet, he's actually been terrific these last three weeks. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm with Von Miller on he's the MVP because we're only in week four heading into week five, but he's definitely an MVP candidate right now. I, I agree with what Gene said with Christian, with Christian McCaffrey and Tua as well. So it, it is early, though, because you still got guys out there uh, right now who can catch up to him. Don't look, don't forget about a Mahomes. He's going to come along. Patrick Mahomes will find a way to get his name back up into there. So will a Jalen Hurts. It's early. If you want to give credit where credit is due, these last three weeks, Josh Allen has been balling. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. But with all the games ahead of us and some of the bigger games he's got to face in his own division, let's let's pump the brakes on calling him this season's MVP. Let's just say he's a candidate. I feel like we do the same thing every year at about the same times with the Bills. They start off like a couple gave them one or two rough, and then all of a sudden they're going to peak. Everyone's talking about Josh Allen MVP, and then in the second half of the year he's just going to fall off again, and it's going to we're going to see bad Josh come playoff time. It just seems like every year it's the same story with the Bills. Because it is. Yeah, but let's not forget it's a it's a regular season award, right? Could you know this isn't tangible to what you do in the postseason as we've seen in other sports. So if he earns it, that's great. But obviously the ceiling, or at least what the, the, the ultimate goal is for Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl, lead the Bills to a Super Bowl. Um, that's that's a conversation, obviously, for another day when we're headed into week five. But I'm just going to give the man credit. He, he looked like the worst quarterback in NFL history in week one, and yet he's turned it around, and he, and he really is. You know what he's done over the last three weeks, guys? Honestly, he's done something he's not known for. He's shown some patience. He's yep. shown some patience. Mm-hmm. He's he isn't running as much. He's not forcing the ball as much downfield when there's nothing there. Now he's going to throw the digs no matter what because, according to digs, he's always open. And look, <laughs> if if you saw last week's game, I don't know if digs was always open, but Miami's tackling was the worst. I, 
I thought Denver's tackling was worse, but there were time there were two guys that physically had hold of Stefan Diggs and he got away. I mean, they Miami, they, they literally need to go back to tackling one on one. That's how bad that was. But I do I think like... it, it was it was horrible. Look, the only thing worse than that, obviously, was the week before that when Miami hung 70 on Denver because that was a clown car. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I, yes, I, I'm just was. saying that I, a lot of people, they're Josh Allen detractors. I'm not a detractor. I'm just one of those people that, like Brett said, we we feel like he's going to put up numbers. He's going to be a Pro Bowl player. And then they get to the postseason with all this hope, all this momentum, and it always goes the opposite direction. That's nothing against him. That's just been his history to this point. You know, like he plays good when they're up by like three or four touchdowns. Now, if they're right. down one or two, is a different story. That pressure, that pressure, everybody That's can a good point, that Will. Now, 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 speaking of Von Miller, shouldn't he be back this week? Oh yeah, he's 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 going to start practicing soon, coming into week okay. five. Okay, okay, I knew he's supposed to be coming back soon. Um, and the defense has played better, Will. So if they're getting Von mm-hmm. Miller back. They're yeah. going to be that much better at going after the quarterback. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. <laughs> He's back again. A-Rod is ahead of schedule. Do you think he will ret- – do you guys think he'll return this season? No. Me neither. I mean, yeah, short answer, no. And let's say he does miraculously recover and he can return from his Achilles injury. The answer is still no, because by the time he does and is ready to come back, I have a very good suspicion that the Jets will be out of the playoff picture. So what's the point in bringing him back and just risking him getting hurt again and then taking him out next year? So unless the Jets are firmly in the playoff mix and he's ready to come back, I don't see him coming back at any point this year, but I don't think the Jets are going to make it that far with Zach Wilson. And and look, it, with that offensive line, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, Go ahead and let Zach Wilson take that beating. I'm good. I, I'll sit out till I'm 100% and you guys work on that offensive line in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason for me to come back and get beat down. Exactly. Aaron's smart. He might say some questionable things, but he's very smart. So he knows what's best for him not to go back behind that paper of an offensive line. That's all it is, paper. That's all it is. I, and I find it kind of egregious. I um watched first take the other day, and I think it was Dan Olavsky up here talking about some Zach can be a good quarterback that Zach can get them out the hole. Look, he had a good game toward what two and a half quarters of that game. He messed up he, at the end, but but he messed he, up at the end. He had a good game that game. He just needs to stack on top of that, build on top of that, eliminate them type of foolishness, that type of foolishness at the end. And he knew he messed up. And I'm glad that the Jets actually rallied around him for once instead of pointing the fingers. Because I was getting sick and tired of that. Because that's why the Jets won't be going nowhere in the playoffs. If they're too immature, they're too prideful, they don't want to sit here and say, we got to do this as a team. They want to sit here and point fingers. They need Aaron Rodgers in that locker room. Yeah. And I also thought it was kind of childish when you had the when you have the broadcast team 
Yes, calling people trash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, be professional. Right. Be professional. Right. You're on Rod- TV. Rodney Harrison was hunting for clicks, right? He was exactly. He was hunting for clicks. Look, you give Zach Wilson credit. I thought he played as well as he could play. Now they lost the football game, and, and it was his fumble in the end. Mm-hmm. But I thought he played as well as he could play. I, I'm just one of those people that let's not go crazy off of one performance. If you start using words like capable and he's developing and he's improving, like let's stick to if, if he can build off of that performance, then maybe the Jets season is not over. But what I would tell Dan Orlowski is that was one game. What about the previous three? Because yep. that that's a bigger sample size of who he is. And I mean, that's all little bits and pieces of it in the Cowboys game when they were kind of sort of in it. But once the game got out of hand, it was just like, bump it, I'm going to let it fly. I, I think I think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't – I'm still on the – I'm still on the fence as whether he's a starting quarterback. Um, so I, I'm not going to be quick to anoint him like, look at him, he's improving. It was a really good game, and let's give him credit for that. But I think with, with Zach Wilson – it should be a week-to-week thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so let, let's see what he looks like this game. Let's see, like Jury said, can he build off of that performance? Because if he can, then all is not lost for the New York Jets. No, I, I agree. I think it's just out of pocket to sit there on, on the broadcast, especially and sit there trying to call him trash and everything yep. in front. Like, do we know that Zach Wilson is limited? Yes. Is he a starting caliber NFL quarterback? I don't think so. I could he could be a fine backup. Like we we knew that this was kind of going to be the result once Rodgers went down with that injury, though. We knew Zach Wilson was going to struggle. We don't have we have a couple of year sample size on him at this point. Like we know who he is. So I just, he, I just he feel should, like the Zach Wilson thing has been over exaggerated and over exasperated. Like we know. We know. Right, we we know who he is at this point, so I don't I don't think what's happening should shock any of us. But I am proud of the Jets for rallying around him instead of just throwing him under the bus. And, and, and I, I want to throw out that offensive line is that offensive line is horrible. Like like I, I'm I'm not saying he's anything like Aaron Rodgers, but but like Jerry said, that is a paper offensive line. Like everybody gets through. There's constant penetration. You've got two talented running backs, and they're being contacted in the backfield on handoffs you can't run the football you're not doing your young qu- quarterback any kind of service if you can't start a run game a young quarterback's best friend is a run game and right now they can't run the football because their offensive line is terrible and dalvin cook you said Lord. it dalvin cook is just <laughs> ooh, Lord. Lord, Fumbles. you want that's to why about he's not in minnesota anymore yeah. Right, right, right. Man, you take it's taking a brunt of it. I know some pundits are, are out there calling for Dalvin Cook. Hey, hey, you spend all that money on Dalvin Cook and it's not producing, but it's not necessarily his fault. That's not his job. It's terrible. Right you know. Off his line is just terrible. Um, sticking in the world of the NFL, Jerry Jones says the San Francisco 49ers are the Super Bowl favorite. You guys agree with that? For once. Something that comes out of Jerry's mouth isn't absolutely foolishness to me. I mean, I see it. They should, how they're playing right now. They should be Super Bowl favorites. But can we take it a step 
at a step. I like I don't like talking Super Bowl in week four. Agreed. Because it's yeah. like a team goes through so many phases throughout the season. Like they could get cold, they could get hot, they mm-hmm. could get cold again in the wild card, like Dallas always does. It, who knows? So it's like they should be favored because of how they're playing and coming off of last year. They should be favored, but can we slow down the Super Bowl talk till at least week ten? Right, it's week four. Right, it's been a month. Yeah, now, I think there's a method to Jerry's madness, though. I think that he said that. He said that. No, remember, knowing full well the Cowboys are getting ready to play the 49ers, right? Yep. You say this is a Super Bowl favorite. What do you think? That's your team should take that as an insult, right? I think he said that in a clever way to motivate mm-hmm. his team. Now, on the flip side, because Jerry likes to play both sides, should the Cowboys lose, he can already go like, well, guys, I already told you these this is like a Super Bowl contending team. They're the front runner, so we weren't really expecting to win. But I, I, I think that Jerry's trying to level the playing field for the PR after the game, whether they win or they lose. He hedging his bets is what he's doing. Yes, he is. Hedging his bets. Go ahead, Brett. Hey, I I think if we're talking Super Bowl favorites, which is too early, but through the first four weeks, I could, I could see it. They absolutely probably should be named number one. But the issue is we still have another, like, 13 weeks to go. Exactly. And are we really going to sit here and say, I am confident Christian McCaffrey not to pull a hammy at some point during the year? Yep. Or Debo Samuel, injury history. Brandon Ayuk went down with multiple injuries. Like, we're talking about a team that's loaded with the guys who end up on the injury report constantly. So Even on the defensive end. Right. Also, Correct. Like, do I think that they should be favorites right now through week four? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. But do am I confident that they'll remain there? not really like if they're healthy yes but that's what i'm concerned with can they stay healthy and i i just don't think it happens throughout the entire season and into the playoffs i think it is my thing is this and and you and you brought it up you and mo talked about it the injury history of some of these players um you just don't know what if brock goes down again um you really talking sam donald oh no the heir apparent no as much as Kyle Shanahan wants to make us believe that Sam Darnold is the answer, Sam Darnold's the answer because Sam Darnold will do anything Kyle Shanahan asks him to do. That's why he's the answer, not because of whatever reason he gave. I, I agree. Look, I'm, I'm a Niners fan, and I've got all the, the trepidations and worries that, that most people should have because it Brett brought up the greatest point. Their very best players at the skill positions, they all have injury history. As gifted as McCafferty is, he is known throughout his career to miss four, five, six games. It's just what it is. Same with Debo and and, and Ayuk. And then you factor in Purdy just coming off a major injury. What if someone hits him blindside and you do have to put in Sam Darnold? Completely different team and will not have the same momentum. So, look, they're playing really well. I think them and Philly are still at the top in that conference. And even though Philly's not playing at their best, they're still winning football games, which is scary because once they do get on a roll, once that offense does pick up, uh, Philly's going to be right back looking like the team that won the conference last year. Now, I'm I'm not predicting how that plays out. Right now, it looks like, we're and we're early. Jury pointed it out. We're early it looks like in week four that those two teams are headed on on, a, on one of those collisions 
in the postseason. But we got a long way to go. And 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 the the biggest factor in the NFL is sometimes it's a war of attrition. Never mind who's more talented. It's about how many of your guys are standing at the end to go compete. Let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to bring them up. Um, while we're talking on the subject of Jerry Jones, I often call the Dallas Cowboys fool's goal. Um, do you guys think they actually have a chance to contend this year? A legitimate chance? We all pick on them. We all jive on them no. and have fun with them. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys think they actually have a, a shot at winning, at, at winning everything? I mean, look, they could. I don't trust Dak. Me neither. Like, that's the big question. Like, their defense is set. Even though they just lost Trayvon Diggs, that might be an issue down the road when they're playing more quality teams. I think that's going to be an issue. But, and teams have figured out that if you can actually run the football on Dallas, you can you can make them play the whole field. So, my biggest concern with this team, though, because those are things that they can fix. Even though I don't know their death behind Trayvon Diggs. That I don't know. But Dak, I don't trust him. Because he's been doing all of this front running and scoring all of this on bad teams. True. On subpar teams. True. Wait until week five. Don't they have 40, the 49ers coming up? Yep. They do. That's their first test. And they then do. right after mm-hmm. that, it gets a little bit harder. I... I mean, they could. I just don't trust Dak enough to do it. Brett, what you thinking, man? I'm going to double down on Jory's point. I, I yeah. Not only do I not trust Dak, I don't trust Mike McCarthy when it comes to big pressure games. And he's always he's, One thing that's consistent with him is he's going to do something absolutely wild that just absolutely doesn't work half the time. We all remember the QB draw with 15 seconds to go mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the middle of a game where you had no timeouts. Like – do I trust Dak? No, but do I trust McCarthy that cool? He can beat a bunch of like lower end teams, but when he gets to a team that's actually like matched up skill for skill position, a coach that just is good at him, do I think he steps up? No, I think he'll falter like normal. So I think the defense will hold up, but I just don't think Dak and McCarthy will. What you think, Mo? I think the Cowboys will do what they tend to do over recent seasons. They'll be they'll be very good, good enough to make the playoffs good enough to get their fan base excited and then they'll lose in the playoffs. And, and the I mean, look, spectacular right, right. If, we, if we're talking about the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. No, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Dak, Dak Prescott, really, we don't use this term with him, but he is, he's a, he's a, he's, a, I would say he's a better than average. We, we, me and Chris have a saying, we think that Zach, Dak at his best is an elite game manager. That's what he is, an elite game manager, but not but not a quarterback that can go out and win you games. He can win if the talent around him is all playing at a next level or a high level. His job on the Dallas Cowboys, it's a simple job. Don't turn the football over. It's a yep. real simple job. Even yep. if he's not going to throw for 300 yards, don't turn the football over. That defense is good enough to win you games. They can make enough plays. There are some holes in that defense. But when that defense, that front seven is at you, they're one of the best. Dak has a simple job. Have a clean football game and don't turn the football over. It's that simple. <clears throat> I can't wait. You ask Dak to tell to not turn the football over. That's like speaking French to him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know what though, and, and, and I realized he just signed that that big extension. He got a paying for upcoming years. But once that's over, do you think they move on from that? He only got what one or two years left. He got like one on, on his deal. It's like one or two years on that big deal he just signed. It depends on like because it's like my thing is they're kind of insane in Dallas because they, they like that is showing you the exact same thing over and over again, over and over again with the exact outcome and they keep putting their eggs in one basket and hoping for a different outcome that's the definition of insanity so it all signs with some sense say after his contract over or next year when you have one more year start looking for you another quarterback to me they should have did it last year started looking for another quarterback but hey (laughs) I, i think a deep playoff run Keeps Dak as the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. So if he gets them mm-hmm. to the conference, the, to the to, to the championship game, the conference championship, or even beyond that to a Super Bowl run, whether they win or not, if he could do something like that, then he's still their quarterback. But if they if if they go on this path that they've been on, where they get to the playoffs, they get knocked out early. I right. think they will they will move on from him because I think they realize that's his ceiling. He can get us to the playoffs and not beyond. Let me go over. Go, go ahead, Brett. Oh, no. I was just going to say with Dak, they just got to be careful because as much as he is like just – I agree with uh, Mo. He is an elite game manager. So you don't want to just replace him with somebody who's just another like average game manager. So right. I do think they have to move on from him eventually, but they also have to be careful who they move on to. Make sure it's not just a lateral move. Don't overpay another quarterback to do the same thing don't or make worse the same than what Dak does. Yeah. Right. Because that's a lot of weapons on quick on question. Field. Quick question, Will mm-hmm. and, and everybody and guys, all, Jory, everybody is Kirk Cousins an upgrade from Dak Prescott? No, hell no, I don't like him either. <laughs> my problem I, with I, him, I, he's not that out there. So, you don't think Kirk Cousins is better than Dak? He puts mm-hmm. up numbers, he puts oh. up numbers, but he does the exact same thing. Yeah, he does the same thing Dak does toward the end of the game. He, he comes with pick. Don't turn it over. A uh, ball security, incompletion, yeah. incompletion. I say I said the same I'll, thing. It's podium. It's my fault. I'm like, all right, Kirk. It's on my fault. I'll, I'll, it's on I'll, my fault. I'll give Kirk credit though. In these past couple of years, he's like the last year in that playoff game. He was the. <laughs> I just saw what Gene said in the chat. Yeah, I'm feeling your pain, Gene. Hang in there, fam. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, bro. I'll give Kirk credit though. Last year in that playoff game, everybody remembers the check down on fourth and eight. That was a yep. terrible decision by him. Yeah. But he was the only reason that they were in that game. That defense was defense was just hemorrhaging points. Plus, I plus I kind of want to see he uh, he has talent out there. And Hawk, TJ Hawkinson, Justin I Jefferson. I a younger quarterback. Addison. He has talent. Yeah, I feel you. But I just don't think. And this is going to sound kind of crazy for me to say because he's putting up numbers, but I just don't think he's the guy to to get the maximum potential from his young talent. He's not because he hasn't done it yet. No, he hadn't gotten over his own issues as of yet. Exactly. So that's my issue with Kurt. Um, I think that's Kurt. I think they're kind of very similar. Kurt is good enough to get you to the playoffs. 
He's not good enough to take you on a deep playoff run. Certainly right. not. He's not a – I don't see him taking any team to the Super Bowl. So they're very similar even though they have different playing styles. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, I want to go real quick, um, go over to the Kansas City Chiefs um, and their issues. Uh, we saw them with a close one against the New York Jets, 23-20. to 20, But, man, and, Mo, I think it was me and you who talked about a couple weeks ago, they got to get better from a receiver standpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, man. I, look, I get it's Patrick Mahomes, and he can work magic, but at some point... You got to get that man something. They have nothing in skill positions. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. You're like, they can't separate. They, like, stuck Mm-mm. on the defender like white on rice. They can't separate at all. <clears throat> it's like I'm like, and they drop and they drop the ball between the lack of separation and the drops, it's like, you kind of feel for Patrick Mahomes. You see why his favorite weapon is Kelsey, or he'll do it himself. Yep. Because I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't trust his receivers to hold a baby (laughs) without dropping it. Like, you got to get that man some help. Like, what would Patrick Mahomes be? If minus Travis Kelsey, if he had a solid wide receiver one. I mean, yeah. we know what it was when he had Tyreek, right. but you let Tyreek go. Hey, I was I was one of those people that thought Mike Evans would have been a good move for them. He would have been a great move for them. Obviously now, because Baker, <laughs> Baker looks like Baker magic right now. They're not trying to get rid of Mike Evans because they're winning football games. And they're in the hunt to actually pursue and win that division right now. Mm-hmm. So I look. I, we, we judge, right? Do we not judge? You're you're a Saints fan, Will, right? Mm-hmm. We judge teams also by their quarterbacks and by quarterback play. And this is bizarre to say, but right now, in my opinion, the best quarterback in that division is Baker Mayfield. I will have to agree. I'm just. I will have I'm, to I'm agree. Just, Unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of crazy, but 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 that's what it's like. But back to the Chiefs. Look, he's waiting. Andy Reid is waiting on Sky Moore and some of these other young guys to step up. And I don't see it. And I get it. Andy Reid's a gifted play caller. And Patrick Mahomes has all the talent in the world. But you're you're wasting this run that they're on right now. If you wait for these guys to come, they're they're not going to do it. Uh, Chris and I talked about it. They don't have a bunch of twos. You could argue that they have a bunch of threes. They don't even have another two. They have a bunch of threes. And teams are playing them a different way. They're bracketing Kelsey. They're being more physical with him yep. at the line of scrimmage, rerouting him, and that throws off his timing. So he, he's being less effective. He, Travis Kelsey is being held point, back man. by the lack of support right now from those other skill positions. Right now, his best friend, is the young running back Pacheco? Pacheco's mm-hmm. been crawling out. Mm-hmm. He's he's Travis Kelsey, Mahomes' best friend. But I, I I promise you this: look, I'm not rooting against the Chiefs. I'm I'm a football fan first, so I admire Patrick Mahomes. But if you don't go out and find some, a playmaker on the outside, never mind getting back to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure they're going to make the playoffs. All right, you guys, we are against it on time. Um, I do want to say thank you to all you guys being with us, being here with us this morning. We do appreciate you. Um, everybody in the chat, we appreciate you. Um, Brett, real quick, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on uh, TikTok at Brett Gardepi and on Twitter as well. 
And you can also catch me on the morning show and writing articles for Sports Empire Network. All right, Jura, where can people find you as we close out? You can um, catch me on my YouTube channel, Jory Sports Stories, and you can catch me every Wednesday here on the morning show. And some days I'll be on cheap seats and whatnot. I'll just be a little bit everywhere. (laughs) Jory's a mercenary. Yes, yes. She strikes quick and everywhere. All right, real quick, Mo, where can folks find you? Right here on the morning show, uh, Coffee Sports in the Morning, a.k.a. the morning show with Chris and Mo, Monday through Friday. All right, you guys, I want to say, again, thank you for everybody being here. Coffee and Sports in the Morning right here on Sports Empire Network. We do appreciate each and every one of you. You guys have a great week and a safe week, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Have a good one, everyone. Appreciate you. What are we talking about? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Can't wait!